0: Going on everybody um i am excited to present to you today for the second time uh it's really the first time but i i absolutely borked the recording last time it's all on me we had this great conversation for a hour and a half i was like this is so we're like we hit so many good things that people are gonna love and it was just like silent no audio so <laughs> you, saw the, you saw the <laughs> end movements <laughs> May I present Matthew Sanabria, one of my good friends. Uh, we met like th- basically the first day I was at Hashi Corp. Uh He happened to be in the San Francisco office uh, for kind of like my orientation, although he started before me. Um, and uh, we've, we've sort of like worked together and, and just sort of been friends ever since, griping about the same things, excited about the same things, occasionally building the same things or two different ends of the same thing, uh, like we just were. Um, Matthew, do you want to tell them just very quickly about just at HashiCorp, like kind of the path you've taken? Because I, I think that's like a, an interesting thing. And then later we can talk about, um, you know, yeah. how you got into all this. and That's that perfect.
1: Yeah. Uh, when I came to HashiCorp, I was a, an SRE and I came into HashiCorp as a support engineer because I was trying to pivot more into software and like the support engineer opening was a good way to kind of do that. Uh, so I was I spent my first year at HashiCorp doing support engineering work for Terraform uh, learned so much about the product and then from there i just started contributing to terraform enterprise terraform cloud and people were like oh you know how to write software and i was like yeah and i would like to do it more and that's, <laughs> that's how actually I...
0: why i'm here yeah. like I, for yeah. for those uh who maybe worked with us like matthew was inc- he's being incredibly humble here but he was massively overqualified from day one and like it was very obvious yeah um that like this was part of a, a larger play to um switch kind of these career ladders within I mean it is kind of a almost already a narrow like niche but even within that yep. um, I think it can be hard it's the same switch that I have made over the last year and a half um, it's a necessary and, switch yeah honestly uh, say window. more about that I'm I'm interested to, wait when you get back say more about that he just walked off I think this is the mic drop no nope, sorry. sorry
1: I just wanted to open my window <laughs> cuz I was like it's so dark in here and <laughs> it's so bright outside so I was like let me just get some natural light in here yeah but yeah no it's, <sighs> it's you're right. Like I was, I was overqualified for the role and like pivoting in this field is so difficult, right? Like you, you have to like either do what I did and kind of take like a title drop per se, and then like kind of pivot back up or you have to pivot at the same company, right? You have to like find that opening within your company and pivot, pivot to that. But like switching roles and pivoting is hard because like companies, they see you always as your past self. Right. I always had that. Like, Infrastructure label on me because like oh you did SRE you did DevOps you did this you did Mm -hmm. that like you're an infra person and that label kind of just like stuck with me and rewriting that that label and re like I always I always tell people like there's this there's this um phrase that everyone likes to say like people don't change it's like no people people do change what doesn't change is people's perceptions of other people and like I had the perception that I was an infrastructure person and like getting people to reevaluate their perception of me was difficult, right? Like, so so they could start seeing me less as an infrastructure person and more as a software person. Like, that was hard, you know? And that's why I kind of did you, that pivot.
0: You did a really good job of that. Like, I know, I think we talked early on, and I knew that's where you were trying to go, and I think I shared with you at some point, you know, it's like software is the whole reason I got into tech. Like, I love programming, and I wrote Python, and it was just sort of like, I think, especially someone like me, less formal education, just not educated about the field, you're just more likely to think of tech as sort of a, a one blob of like jobs, and oh, it's probably easy to switch around in there, and you kind of don't even understand which which specific thread you're going to start unraveling if you go, like I did for a sysadmin gig, you know, or like server admin, and how actually like segregated or, or sort of isolated that often is from um, the software world. That there's the kind of these invisible you know I, don't know I wouldn't say glass yeah. ceilings but certain like invisible fences where you're like geez it's just really hard with like linux on my resume to get like a regular old software job
1: yep it is because they they it, it's it's a two-fold problem and we spoke about this last time but like when we were entering the 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 workforce like you know when we were new new to the workforce linux skills were in really high demand like yeah. if you knew linux you were like hey bro come here like i got you right oh you know the terminal great i have a job for you and now <laughs> yeah. that like it, those skills be, went from being like a, oh my God, this is a rare thing to being like, I expect everyone to have those skills, Yeah. but that label still follows you. It's like, oh, you know, Linux well, great. So then you must not want to do software. You might want to just do Linux things. It's like, no, I, I, I want to do software. It's like, but you say Linux. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where my software runs. You know, I, I know both sides, right? I know how yeah. to write the software and I know how to get it running. I don't, I don't like freeze up when I have an error you know, I'm not one of those developers where it's like, something's wrong. It, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, no, I'm diving in. Cause I, yeah,
0: we've got help. a reader alert. Yeah. Someone reads the error message. That could be dangerous. You might actually solve the problem that you caused.
1: Oh, you'll be so surprised. I mean, you know, how many <laughs> people don't even read the error message? They're like, Hey, I need help with this. And the error message literally yeah. says like, you know, name not resolved or like yeah. file not found, like super clear messaging. And they're like, I have no idea how to proceed. And I'm like, did you start? Like, did you by any chance read the message like top to bottom first? Yeah,
0: Dang. I think there is. It's like everything you just talked about is like part of the problem. And our how our industry thinks it's so fast, but it's actually so slow. And it's kind of one of the funny things about it is like everyone thinks they're on the cutting edge, but like every fucking you idea go. you hear is like forty years old. Um, yeah. and the companies are kind of the same. They think they're on the bleeding edge, but really, they're making mistakes that we've known for twenty years are mistakes, and. Uh, one of those things is like, how long did it take for like the DevOps thing to catch on? And then it caught on as a fucking job role of all things, which is like not the point, Yep. you know, but exactly this like unification of skills in an engineer where it's like, yeah, your, your infrastructure people, even if they only touch infrastructure should be approaching it from a software kind of perspective. And that's what like all this Google SRE stuff is about. And your software people likewise should not get real scared when they see an error message or a system problem, uh, or because have to work like in a work shell in environment system. yeah, yeah. Exactly. because like what good is a developer that can't like i don't know like make a docker container in four lines you know what i mean it's like i'm
1: i'm a, I'm in agreement there right like it's it's sad because we've we have good software people that have no yeah. idea about infrastructure we yeah. have good infrastructure people that have no idea about software yeah. and like the people that are in the middle that actually can can do both sides they're often overlooked because they're seen as like, oh, you're not good enough in the infra, you're not good enough in the software, but it's like, even your best software person I'm better than, or even your best infra yeah. person I'm better than, and yeah. I know both, so like, why am I not getting compensated correctly yeah. for those things? You know, I have I have those skills, and yeah, it, it's, it's interesting out there with that, and I, I agree, I've seen developers that like, you can't even spin up a Docker container, right? Have no idea, like, you are writing a network service, sir. You are writing an yeah. API to be consumed over yeah. the network and you don't know how DNS works? And you don't yes. know how oh, packets work That's moves? not even rare.
0: Yeah. What like, do you mean? Like troubleshooting network problems is like, if I could have a nickel for every uh, like engineer, software engineer who I've seen who just like flails at the first sign of like DNS or like, like network caching or the fact that like pinging something is actually ICMP. And it's not like TCP necessarily. (laughs) Just
1: because your ICMP packets get there, does it mean other ones will?
0: (laughs) It's so um, yeah, a couple things like that. Where it's like really just spending like a week on this stuff at any point in your career kind of give you like a superpower. And it's not because you're so great at networking or anything. It's because you don't suck as bad as everyone else. And not to be too negative here. Um, speaking of not being too negative, I'm going to, this is the perfect place to pitch the thing I'm doing, which I waited until one and a half hours last time to do. Perfect. I'm actually writing a book, uh, with a good friend of mine, um, about, uh, uh, like Linux and like systems knowledge, like kind of Unix, Linux shell command line skills for, uh, software developers, because this is such an incredibly widespread problem that I've seen, uh, like throughout the entire industry at every company I've been at. And um, like really just, I'm not kidding, like a couple hundred page book. It's not like a become a system administrator manual because a lot of Linux books are like that. It is just like shell CLI, like skills and concepts, just the ones you need to know to like be really effective. And you would be shocked how few things you need to know to actually become quite, you know, like have a workable skill set. Um, that's like, you know, far and above uh, the I average agree.
1: developer. I agree. I agree. I think, uh, first of all, good, uh, good that you're doing that. You know, happy to link in the description read. below. Exactly. Thank you. Matthew. I'll be happy yeah. to, to review chapters. Yeah, I'll be happy to review chapters and read it and all that because I, I agree Thank with you, right? I couple of points there. When I was, you know, in support working with people, right? I was, I had to get on calls with people who were senior cloud architects with seventeen. Um, oh yeah certifications in their email signatures and blah, blah, blah. Oh, like Linux system admin plus, plus, plus. And I'm like, okay, great. And we're on the, we're on the call troubleshooting. And I was like, hey, can you change into the Etsy directory? Can you run Ls? Can you do this? Like, and they didn't know how to do that, right? They didn't know how to do the most basic of the basic things. And I'm like, sir, your title says senior, like, systems engineer. You have Linux certs on your on your email signature. And you don't know how to Ls? Right, and you don't you don't know like how to move around the terminal. I'm like, why are you here? You know, and I'm not trying to be mean and put people down, but like, when you are when you're holding a certain title, I'm gonna hold you to a certain level, right? Against that title, I'm gonna hold you to that to that yeah
0: level. It's not crazy. It's not a crazy expectation to have. And again, I agree. We're not like poo pooing people here, but it's like if something's your job and you just like can't do it, you like you should probably learn to do it. Otherwise, you're just gonna have a very hard and frustrating time at your job um
1: yeah i, I yeah. tell everyone like whether you're a software engineer infrastructure or whatever you are you should be able to move at the speed of like a a, a normal conversation right i should be able to talk to you okay. dave like and, and say like hey you know you're sharing your screen all right cd into etsy ls rename this file edit that file and you should be able to move at that speed same thing with software you create an array put three elements in the array iterate over the array right like those are things you should be able to move at the speed of like a normal conversation. Granted, I know not everyone types quickly, but those thought processes should be there for you. That's a
0: great standard. Can I just say, I haven't heard that before. I think that's a great standard to have. Um, I would call that like agility maybe with like your shell environment, your operating system, your language of choice. Um, I think that's one of the reasons, um, not if you want to say this publicly but as someone who has passed google interviews uh <laughs> i think that's one of the reasons that i gather that they use not an ide for um like you writing down your ideas as code they still want you to write it in a language but it's like is this person like totally dependent on like code completion and that kind of stuff Or do they actually know the basic syntax of the language like that's not too much to ask yeah um, yes it is annoying to have to like close braces i guess yourself but like that's survivable. And it's a good test of like, has this person invested just like the basics and not just copy pasted their entire career? I yeah. that like agility.
1: I've seen so many people be dependent on their their tools to do things for them that they should know, right? Like whether it's like too many too much auto completion or too much like too much snippets or all that or AI yeah. or whatever it's going to be, they're super oh, yeah. dependent on that that you take that away and they have no idea what an array is. Yeah. No idea how to traverse it, no idea how to move the file system. Like the basics just fall apart. You know, like if I, if you and I were talking to a mechanic or a chef and we say, Hey, I would like you to change the brakes in the car.
0: Yeah, blah, like blah, chop an onion. <laughs> they know what to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or
1: like I talk to a chef, like, Oh, grab your knife, chop this onion, chop this, this, you know, carrot, blah, blah, blah. They can follow at the speed of that. Obviously, yeah. that's a physical activity that takes more time than just LS enter. But the, what I'm trying to get at is, they know those skills, those are fundamentals. They can move at that speed now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so many of us in the software field, we can move the fastest because technology is so fast and yeah. we and we choose to move slow. You know what I mean? Like listing files in directory takes 0.5 seconds, right? Like LS, boom, done. And yes. we still just like take too long to even understand that concept of what's happening. And, yeah. and then we go find tools or videos or whatever to help fill the gap but but the gap really is just just learn what it is you know like just learn it
0: stop me if you've ever heard this on the internet and i have been actually guilty of this once or twice especially with regard to computer science which uh i take very seriously now um but you know oh i can google that why do i need to memorize ls or mv or rm or any of the concepts yep. that build on those things, when I can just look it up. But it's exa- I think your your example is much better. Transferring that as a metaphor to other skills, like wh- who wants to go to a chef who needs to like, watch a YouTube video on chopping an onion? Like I'm saying, no, 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 no. How is he going to cook you the meal unless? When, yeah. when you translate hours? when you
1: translate that idea across fields, it just sounds bizarre, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to go to a mechanic that it's just going to watch a YouTube video on how to change yeah. my brakes? or like, like he's how to, never like, seen whatever? a
0: car before. He's just going to...
1: Come on. That just sounds... I'm going to for... I'm going yeah. to not, not because you can memorize something and not because you can reference something. I'm going to because you have experience, because you've learned yeah. something and you can bring that to the table. The best developers or engineers overall that I've worked with are those that bring those experiences with them and they can see beyond just a problem, right? If I ask you like, hey, I want to do XYZ and you're like, oh, you know, well, I've kind of... Done something similar in the past, and here's like a caveat you should be aware. Of. Like they bring their experience with them and they change yeah. the outcome, right? They don't just say like, "Oh, I'm gonna Google that. I'll, I'll search it up, see what the answer is, and use the first thing with no context." They bring that context with them, and it's not memorizing. I don't need you to memorize ls. I need you to learn it, right? I need you yeah. to know it's a tool that you need to know when to reach for and how to use it, right? Like not something that you memorize. Like okay, every time I'm in a directory, I do ls memorize. No it's a tool that you've learned to use. Just like, I mean, maybe I don't know if I should reference like screwdrivers and drills and stuff. Maybe not a lot of people even use those anymore, but like, it's like like those, right? Like actual tools that carpenters would use, right? You don't You don't use a screwdriver to hang up your drywall. You're going to grab a drill because you've learned the different tools. You know your options and you can choose the best one for the best scenario. And that as you like expand your knowledge, you add more tools to your tool belt and you know like what, when to use them for and you can solve more complex problems, right? Like it builds up. Yes. But if you don't know the fundamentals, if you don't know the fact that a screw needs to be turned in order to drive yeah. in, if you don't know the fact that CD can change you into directory, you can't even get started on the complex things because you don't know the fundamentals.
0: Yeah, this is um, this is something I have, uh, like I was kind of referring to this earlier. I, I've been kind of guilty of this myself and um in one of the ways that i was guilty of it was specifically with regards to like data structures and algorithms and if if you don't know this they're hard to learn the first time a lot of it's like really tricky and you're like and you need the trick and i think what's especially unfair is like you know you watch like a pro at anything else and you can kind of like see how there might be tricks to it but like you watch like an expert surfer or like an expert at pretty much anything you you see what they're doing and you're like okay like if i got really good at the sort of physical skills. I can see how I would put that together. In our discipline, there's no, it's sort of like 2020 vision looking back once you know something, but there are problems you simply cannot solve. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be a genius who invented the algorithm a second time if you did without knowing the trick. Like the algorithms yeah. are the trick. The trick is like how to think about them, how to compose them, how to then like adapt them. Um, and that's what you end up doing. But it's like, we have you know several hundred years to some extent of of like mathematical and algorithmic tricks that we've come up with for doing certain things with certain mathematical guarantees of like how efficient they are and just like it doesn't mean like i still strongly disagree with like the lead code interview like how well someone has memorized like the delete operation in a yeah. in a balanced binary tree or like can can you remember avl rotations because i can't nope and i never will be able to in an interview like i fundamentally understand what they are and that they keep a tree balanced you know plus or minus one height yep uh, so that lookup speeds are good enough and o of h is close enough to o of log n uh, that but like i just can't do it on command, like I can't implement that on command. Right. Um, like the exact was left, right, right, or right, right, left, or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I like don't even I still, what
1: it is I just know that it's like some weird yeah, rotation you gotta, that floats right. things up. But yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like that's the part you Google. You can't just cop out, and I used to cop out and say, "Oh well, I'll just like Google like I don't know what to use that's like efficient for this problem." It's like, well, if you don't have any heuristic, and you've you've never, like you said, learned the real concepts behind something or why or like what tools are out there, then you have no idea what to apply to a problem because the problem's never going to fit perfectly. If you don't have any kind of mental model and understanding of how to apply what you've learned, this isn't just data structures and algorithms. It's also like, you know, systems tools, like what's built into the operating system that you can leverage for this. Like what, you know, using grep, like, I do want to, I want to come back
1: to systems tool stuff because that's the thing. I'm going to hold that point for a sec, but, but I agree with you, right? Like, there are certain tools that you you just know how to use and you're familiar with them. And then there are other things that you are gonna reference, right? Like to bring the analogy back to the mechanic or the car the, the contractor, the mechanic, like, yeah, they know how to change your brakes, they know how to like flush the fluids or take the the head of the engine off and like you know, fix the internals, but they don't know the tolerances, they don't know the gap that a spark plug should have. They don't know the you know, like what spec things should be torqued to, right? those are things that they reference same thing with a, a contractor yeah. they they know the walls have to go up they don't know like the specs between the, for the two by fours how tall they should be or how wide they should have like they reference the blueprints for that right like we there is going to be that that referencing but i think the software industry we've taken that to the extreme of like we'll reference yeah. everything it's like yeah well, why do i pay you right like honestly like i'm not even trying to be mean if you're just referencing everything why are you here why am i paying you a salary like not even to be mean or rude, but like, honestly, you know, think about that for a second. If you, you know, what value are you I mean, bringing to the
0: table? That's a hundred percent right. And I'm going to reference this because I think we'll talk about it later, but but I want to get back to your system's tooling point. I have a theory on this, that it is just an ugly outgrowth of the agile mindset, like taken to an extreme of like, yeah. Oh, we don't need that knowledge. Like we'll just build a horrifically problematic MVP now Even though it would take no extra work to just like have more knowledge to begin with and then build something better as your first try. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like that like that BS, like business story that you hear about, like agile of like, well, you don't need to know anything to start. You just build like something and then you'll adjust it to be good. It's like, how many fucking iterations do you want to (laughs) do? Just hire some competent people first and you can cut that in half. Like, yep, yep.
1: um, Understand your problem. We'll get get back to that at that point. But the systems tool you're so right. Like people don't even know grep. They don't even know that grep exists and they're they're struggling with logs and like they don't know how to like parse them and like just find things and they...
0: <laughs> Yeah, like there's a trick.
1: Yeah, for that.
0: it's there, or you like, just have to know
1: JSON, right? JSON in the terminal, there's JQ and you can use it and you can do things with it. And it's like they just skip these tools entirely. Yeah. Part maybe right, maybe they don't know it exists, right? Maybe it's just a lack of like you don't know what you don't know, and that's perfectly fine. But like the people that do know and they don't reach for them and they like they just they work around it so much more difficult than they need to. Like yes. I guess my message here is whatever system you're using, like learn it a little bit, study it, yeah. see see what it can even do. Cause I see so many people rewriting tools that have existed in like Unix environments for a while, right? Like yes. oh, I wrote this complex like parser that does kind of what LS grep and everything does in one. <laughs> it's like, but you're do you understand why they were separated because now your yeah. tool does forty percent of what they do. it looks better right it's newer it's modern for your one use, case, it works
0: better worse yeah yeah
1: like these tools were purpose built for a reason this whole unix philosophy like philosophy right do one thing do it well and then chain chain these simple programs together to make those more complex um to meet those more complex demands it works right like a simple cat to grep or a simple like you know jq or whatever like it it works and it it's just the original
0: takes... microservice
1: right the original microservice <laughs> it just it's takes like... a little bit of time on your part to just know that they exist and reach for them when when needed you know like yeah you know how many times I use said to just do a, a find and replace or to do some substitutions yes. and they're like oh I don't want to know regex. You use regex every day when yeah. you do control yeah. F. <laughs> like what do you think yeah. is happening here you yeah. know like
0: <laughs> the, uh, you make a great point that's one of my favorite um points there's a, uh there's a steve Yegi post um uh, from years ago i don't think he writes much anymore but he's a great um programmer and a great writer about programming things and one of his um posts god this is like 15 years old but i think but um it's called like hardy programmer food or like meaty programmer food and it's kind of like the things he was at google then the things that he thinks are like really important and tests for in interviews and of course there's like the yes you have to know how cs works and yes um whatever but one of them is actually um specifically like linux tooling and one of the questions he asks is like sort of a sorting filtering like question like if you know anything about linux it should feel very familiar yeah and he's he's like fails candidates he says in this interview that he watches them write 2000 line like c programs that just like exactly like you're saying just like re-implement like find and grep badly together yeah. um find it's like
1: unique items in this file great the point or is you stuff. know how to like... use tools
0: yeah <laughs> yeah right but it's just like you said it's like if if you're using this environment every single day i mean it's like we are all sitting in essentially like spaceships of complexity that other people have built with this incredible built-in tooling, it's like, learn to use the spaceship you're flying, but just learn it. And all this shit that you hear like in these articles, like, oh, you know, um, you know, like just because like Linux isn't a desktop operating system that everyone uses, like it's not worth learning or like uh, Linux, Unix, of course, I mean, um, you know, just because uh, new things are happening in computer science doesn't mean the old stuff is going away. There are articles sort of suggesting that every few years, like, oh, where do you all think the CS Sanders students camp? now? Like,
1: yeah, all these exactly. people are like, oh, Docker is a revolutionary thing, bro. Go back to the 1970s yeah. or 80s and go yeah. look at root, uh, exactly uh, like, right. like jails, right? Or, or cheroots, sure. or like LXC, LXD. like, yeah, go look at those jail. things. They were there. The people in the 70s thought about this already. This is not a new yeah. concept, it's just yeah. was able to be modified and implemented like better over time. Like, this is not novel. These concepts have existed and and we ignore it, you know? Like, yep. And it's not just on the infrastructure side, it's on the software side too. I, I'm sure like, I don't want to sound like we're salty towards all software because we're not. But I, when I first started learning programming, I had people that were experienced in programming like, bro, like you're missing this basic thing here. Like stop overcomplicating it. Just just do a straight iteration here. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, I got it. And I, I had to be given that, the same advice yeah. I'm giving to people about Linux, like learning your tools. I had to sit down and learn my tools from software, right? And you mentioned before, some of those tools are the algorithms, the base, just the basic algorithms, right? Just and your data structures. What is an array? What is a map? What is a stack? What is a queue? What do they do? How do you sort? Like learning those things are your fundamental tools. And that's how you solve more complex problems. And I agree that leak code isn't the best way to measure a candidate's proficiency with those things. But like it's what we have right now. It's what yeah, the industry is kind of standardize on, and you know that going in, yeah. So optimize yourself for it, right? Like, that's go true. learn those things. That's that's one of the first things I did when I started transitioning over to development is in 2019, I I took Harvard's CS50 course, which is their introduction to computer science. Because when I went to school, I only studied IT and I didn't learn software, right? I just studied like networking, subnetting, basic system commands, and a little bit of SQL and one Java course that I hated. Um So when I was transitioning over to software, I did Harvard's CS50, and I learned the data structures. I learned the algorithms. Now, I knew them, right? I knew what an array was. I knew what a map was, Mm -hmm. but I learned them, right? Like, I learned them finally to the point where I knew what their benefits were, I knew what their trade-offs were, and I knew how they
0: were- You'll never iterate through a uh, a Python-like list quite the same way, knowing the price you're paying each time. Exactly. Exactly, that it's not just a pop right <laughs> and like yeah
1: once I learned more about dynamic arrays and like how that had to be resized under the hood like nothing's for free right like I learned the thing and now I can use that to build up my my skills over time and that was super helpful for me and I I didn't finish the CS50 course at first in 2019 because I was like yo this is way out of my league and then in 2020 <laughs> I was like yeah, I'm gonna do it and I just I finished it it was hard because awesome. they made you go and see it at first and whatever i was so glad ah, that.
0: that's interesting yeah. similar experience with the um mit 6006 yeah. courses there's a few years of them on on youtube they're all excellent and they're all different so I, it's like i'm uh i'm actually going through another year now kind of a second time picking yeah. up more things and it's like i again i i can't keep up with the math still yeah. working on it but um it's still just like been tremendously useful and not just for theoretical knowledge or feeling smarter than other people at work or something, but it's like, it genuinely solves, it helps me solve problems. And it yeah. helps me know that the solution I've come up with is... Um, optimal. Or, or like op- Optimal, or exactly right. That's the word. I was looking for a different word, but it is optimal. It's yeah. like, I know the the trade-offs I've made. I know the cost of what I'm doing with the data here. I know like that this is taking advantage. Like I'm sequentially reading data off of something. So it's gonna come out of like the CPU cache in one yeah. cache read. Like the, you it just gives you, um, Bill Kennedy calls it mechanical empathy, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, it's an interesting- Mechanical sympathy, sympathy empathy, sorry. Where, yeah, yeah. Empathy, I don't know if it's empathy. I don't know if I'm quite a machine, but yeah. But yeah it's it's like i think that's an interesting idea and that's uh it's like worth a lot if that just like comes to you as you're doing other stuff just keeps you from making mistakes that you would normally make i, I don't harp on this too much but
1: yeah that's that's engineering right and that's what and that's what this field is that's not just software engineering but any engineering That's that's what we do as engineers we don't everyone likes to say oh i build things oh i build things oh i build 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 and it's like great anyone can build right like there was this there was this um there's this quote that I I read on on one of the like engineering reddits but like it was more of like a construction engineering and they were like any contractor can build a strong house <laughs> but it takes an engineer to build a house that barely stands right aka they thought through the exact loads that were That's needed and blah 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 right they made trade-offs and this and that and like it was just it was true it was kind of like funny it was kind of like quirky and funny but it like it made sense right anyone can build an API or service or whatever. Yeah. But can you build one that's performant? Can you build one that scales? Can you build one that functions when it's under load? Like, those are the things that re- when we engineering starts to matter, right? Yeah. And like you said, engineering is just having these engineering discussions to weigh the pros and the cons, right? The benefits and the trade offs, because nothing comes for free. If you choose the array, you 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 might get these benefits, but you're going to get these risks. Yeah. You choose the map you're gonna get those benefits but those risks and like everything's a trade-off and there's no like objectively correct solution for most of these big problems it's more of a both will work here's what this provides here's what that provides and you have to choose one as an engineer
0: you have to choose the one that fits your problem and your problem also includes like what are other people on my team going to understand and want to deal with like how sophisticated are we making this like how like you said about the barely stands it's like you're you're You are hopefully engineering to a kind of agreed upon spec that's the idea um where yeah it's like is it good enough i think one of the very healthy things i've learned from being in the go community is like premature optimization is very much frowned upon whereas in other languages it's kind of like code golf is like a fun game or kind of efficiency optimization golf where it's like if you're building something as part of a process that's going to take three nanoseconds in general to run like that's the wrong place to optimize. If you're doing something that takes five seconds to complete, yeah. anyway, it's like go engineer or optimize something else. Like keeping that kind of perspective, where it's not just like, oh, like algorithms exist. We're gonna use like a quad tree to deal with like a yeah. list that's never more than five We're items. Do middle okay, out well. compression, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look. Sometimes that was such a good sometimes episode. It's fun. Sometimes, like that's fun to do this but like do this at home and not when someone's paying you exactly uh, i, I deal, you're going to learn anyway you know on someone else's clock so like
1: you, you brought up a really good point too about it's not just the technical discussion it's will your team understand this code will is it work for your team there's a there's a people side of this too in your engineering discussions it's yeah. not just use the map versus the, the array it's people understand the array approach better on my team and i have to take that into account too because i'm not the only one that's gonna be reading this code i'm not the only one that's gonna be maintaining this code i have a team of developers and there is some average skill set among them all right there's some like average collection of skills sort of like mean
0: the mean that you are programming to exactly
1: and that's the standard you need to be considering when you're programming features right like you can't just say, oh, I'm going to use this complex quad middle-out compression thing that only the top engineer in your team understands. And you yeah. can't also like keep it super simple where it doesn't solve the problem. There's like this mean area where you have to consider when you're choosing, you know, implementations and whatnot and discussing them.
0: Yeah, I think uh, exactly what you just said. It's there's like that reminds, I think anyone who's worked with like a very smart, but extremely toxic developer, yeah. uh, Like that's gotta bring up memories what you just said, because there is like you can be completely right and also a hundred fucking percent wrong for like the actual solution in exactly that way of like building some hyper complex like thing that nobody understands except for you, and like, oh, you're such a genius for coming up with it. It's like you don't build software alone. Teams build software. And if you don't if you aren't also building for your team to you know, you write it once, maybe. If you're good, you write it once. Yeah. But you maintain it a hundred times you add on to it you know several times you exactly. may have to re-architect it do you have to fucking pull everything apart if you're going to re-architect it is it a huge pain um yeah and just like i i think whoever said it um very famous computer person and of course i'm forgetting it but you know it's something to the effect of like you know code should be written um only uh, Primarily for people to read and understand, and only incidentally yep. for computers to execute. Oh, yeah, I know, I know These the quote. I don't remember list said people. Uh, in fact, it's probably in here. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say it's Sussman, probably, but uh, yeah, I, don't I remember know. that. And you're, and it's true, right? Like,
1: do you think the computer gives a crap about your code? No, it's gonna execute, it's not gonna see any of that. It's yeah, just you're right, you gave it. Like, no one yeah, cares exactly. exactly. It doesn't care. Humans are gonna be the ones reading it multiple times. You need to write your code. Like Bill Kennedy yeah. says, all right, it's make it easier. Like, don't make things easy to do, make things easy to understand. Because the future people are gonna have to read that and understand it. And if they can't understand it, how can they maintain it? You know? And like that, that's that's I've struggled with this. I got I like as I went into a senior engineer role, I've struggled with this. I've written code that I assumed that people would understand and they didn't, and they did not bring up the question or they didn't they they didn't let me know that they didn't understand it and it moved forward and then in the future when we had to maintain it then it came up like oh i don't understand what's happening here and it's like wait why didn't you bring it up before and
0: yeah, oh, I wasn't, before. you
1: know i was afraid to the this and that like and it was just missed and that that's a shitty place to be in both on my side as a senior side or more like entry-level yeah. people as well and on because the other side yeah now we're in this position like this is out there you don't understand it well I didn't know you didn't understand it well, and I didn't like overly communicate what it's doing, and now we we have to make up for so lost time stuck. essentially. Yeah. yeah, and that that sucks, and it's been a learning experience for me, as well. You know,
0: you, that leads to a really interesting place, I think, which is sort of a combination of things I wanted to touch on, and maybe you have some good idea of how to like approach this in the conversation. But it's a sort of combination of we're talking about teams and team dynamics and how teams build things together. So that's kind of like process and people and that kind of thing, but, and, uh, you know, sort of like agile and all that, which we wanted to touch on, I know, but also, I think one thing that you said before, which is just worth pulling in somehow into this is also like the organization you are in, if it's more than like one team, like if it's more than a startup of five people, the organization has to support kind of what you were talking about before this idea of like engineering, Not just building things but engineering them and that means um, it's not just the coders that are doing this it's like management has to have this engineering approach trying things building to a spec like managing to some kind of spec improving things iteratively sales ends up being like that your education department ends up being like that it's like everyone is engineering even though only a few people you know maybe half the company or whatever writes code um, that's one of the reasons I fell in love with HashiCorp and that right. is, um, one of the things that I've seen, I think to some degree, unavoidably, um, kind of take a backseat, uh, from like the, uh, the, the organization perspective. And For, yeah. That. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. We've 10 x since we joined, you know, yeah. more since you.
1: Yeah. We're, yeah. When I joined, I think we are at 350 to 500 people, something along yeah. those lines, definitely exactly. under 500. And now what? You are probably three, under like,
0: three hundred and fifty because I think I was still like three hundred and sixty, yeah, Ooh, exactly, something like that.
1: And now we're over twenty five hundred people, right? Like that, yeah. That is almost about a ten x growth if you think about it, right? Like, yeah. And it's things change as a result, right? There were there were people more in the past, you know. And we we touched on this last time in our in our audio list recording. Like <laughs> startups generally have to be picky about who they hire, right? Because they have limited funds. They have they have time against them, right? They have to get time to market and get that product out there yeah. and show the value. And that means they have to hire high-quality engineers. Yeah. Those high-quality engineers are going to have to have engineering discussions, move quickly, blah, 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 all that stuff.
0: That team average is yeah. pretty high.
1: The team average is higher. Um, and they don't have the bandwidth to support someone that's new. They don't. They yeah. just don't have that bandwidth because they're they're in this go, go, go mode. Eventually, companies get to a certain size where they can start bringing in people that are newer, which starts to like like, you know, take the senior engineers have to move toward a mentoring approach and blah, blah, blah. And that by definition will slow down velocity. It'll slow down engineering discussions, not because the junior engineers came in and ruined everything. And I don't really like to use exactly. I like to say like more early career or whatever, but not because they ruined everything, but because if I'm going to help mentor you, I can't, if I, if I'm focused on you, I can't be focused on that. And I can't do both those things at once. So by definition, things are going to slow down and that's okay. But it's as long as you're moving the average of the team higher again, and you know the senior engineers are pulling and the the more entry level engineers are asking questions and learning, and you're moving that average up, you're in a good spot. If you're not moving that average up, you're not going to have a good time.
0: Yeah, at all. yeah, exactly. Um, I, that's a I I actually love that average kind of metaphor because um, just as, like as an idea, I think like, I know Amazon and stuff have that as like, is this person a bar raiser? That kind of I, that stuff can get, you can get a little religious about it. And I think you can get a little bit like culture fitty with it too, like in a bad I way. Um, but I, I do think it's a useful um, kind of metaphor to keep in mind um, and that it is in fact, and this is like why I'm not like mad that HashiCorp got bigger. Uh, it was very good. We made money doing, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's good that that happened. It had to happen. Uh, but it is like everything else, an engineering kind of trade off that they did make consciously. Yeah. I mean, it has benefits too. Like, it's, you know, it can get pretty stale on a, on a team with only seniors. Right. Like, just not yeah. after you, a few you, years be a great, like, environment. Yeah. Um, and, and by like, definition,
1: seniors have to grow others. That's part of your role as a senior is to not right. only ship great code, but yes. to up level your team. So, like, you, exactly. you can't up level a team that's already up leveled, right? You have to, <laughs> you need newer people that it's, are less experienced.
0: Yeah, 100% and that really grows you I think as a more experienced person is teaching is some I like really even just doing this YouTube channel and stuff has grown me just as much as it's benefited anybody else it's like that is when you become more experienced the way to get like a lot more gains is to like teach and mentor other people Uh, so just from a selfish perspective like you should have some juniors in there eventually. so that your seniors don't get kind of stale and just start having like pointless arguments about stuff i
1: agree and then it makes those senior engineers better in areas that start to matter writing right pull request descriptions rfcs whatever teaching documenting they become better in these areas that really matter because they're forced to right like you have to write things down better. Like my, my pull request descriptions when I first became a software engineer, they sucked. I was just like change
0: file, right? Yeah. Like I did this and there's just had no description. I one that always said I had what it does what it says on the tin. Like, right. yeah. like the title is good enough, dude. How just does this make you feel
1: it. like a boss? Right? Like, and, and I had those, those bad pull request descriptions. And now, now that I've became more like in a senior role and have to help other people and whatnot, my pull request descriptions are, are, much better than it used to be, right? Like they don't just explain what's happening. They highlight the, the changes, but then they explain the 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 decision-making process behind it, right? Here's why I chose this approach. Here's what I thought of when I was doing it. So you can get into my mind a little bit and see like yeah. the motivation, not just because the code change, we could read the code. I could see what you did. I need to know why. And that's yeah. what I've been trying to communicate more. And same thing with my RFCs. Like, why are we doing this? Why does this matter? Why are we choosing this approach over that approach? Like that has become so much better. For me, like being in a senior engineering role versus when I was, uh, like just a software engineer, new in the career, I didn't know how to do any of that. And so there's that part for the senior side. But then for the non senior side, if you're just getting into a software role and you're like, how do I up level? How do I do this? Ask questions, right? I used to, I used to ping one of our principal engineers here at HashiCorp. I used to ping them all the time, not not like like you know every day, but when I was when I ran out of my depth of- Ryan Uber, strength.
0: I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, Brian I Uber, like the every Evan
1: Phoenixes of the world, right? Those, I, I would ping them and I'd be like, hey, I don't see what's going on here. Here's yeah. what I have. Here's the code I'm working with. Like, I'm just missing something here, clearly. Can you help like run me through this? And they would, they would offer some time on Zoom. I'd get on the call with them, right? And like, they would help me understand the code and I would up-level, but that's because I sought them, right? They'd have no idea I was struggling if I didn't seek them out and ask questions. And I see like more new engineers in this field, they're afraid, they're afraid to yeah. be vulnerable. They're afraid to ask questions. And it's like, not once was I treated like an idiot by these people and say like, you suck, Matt. Like they showed me, cause I didn't know what I yeah. didn't know. And then like in my pull requests, when I gave them a pull request to review, they would request changes like three to four times before mm-hmm. getting the code in. And I, and like I said, on, the, on our audio this recording <laughs> at that point in time, I had a choice to make, right? When I receive a review like that, it's like request change, request change, request changes. Yeah. I have a choice. I could either be like, oh my God, they hate me. My baby, my heart's broken. I suck as a developer. <laughs> I should just go be a farmer and like cry about it. Or I can be like, this person is holding me to the bar that I want to be. Yeah. And this is great.
0: That's them lifting you into Yeah, that. they are lifting me up exactly. with, this,
1: with this feedback. And yeah. I chose to view it that way. And then over time, those pull requests instead of requesting changes four times, it was three times or the two times or the one time. And then eventually I got to the point where I made a pull request and they just, they approved it because it was great. And I, and that's how I, I knew I grew. Well, right, Like, like I, I clearly, I, I grew because you, you, you know, you pulled me up there and you saw my code. Now there were, there was all those things that we've been talking about. I kept implementing them and learning and growing. And here's a pull request that is great. You know, like, it just helped me so much in my career to, to do that when I was like not a senior. And now that I am a senior, I'm trying to do that for others. And it's hard. It's very hard. Communication's hard. All of it's hard. Communication's hard. And it's something that I've been working on slowly, but surely, but I'm trying to do that as well for others.
0: That's great. Um, I'd like to segue kind of to the other portion, because I really am excited to talk about uh, the more like team processy things. I think you've touched on a lot of probably the most valuable parts like vulnerability asking questions admitting when you don't understand something it's normal by the way to not understand like just about anything at the beginning (laughs) Um, and um, communication obviously like getting your ego out of it like always kind of seeking to like make sure other people are picking up what you're communicating all great stuff Um, but I really I want to know what you think about agile and how companies do it. I'm gonna poke the bear oh, with a stick here. I
1: don't know if we have enough time in this one to to talk about this. That. Isn't
0: for the <laughs> record, this is not like Hashicorp specific here. We were talking about like basically every company we've ever been at, and how both varying uh, agile implementations often are, and yeah. how no matter what they are, what variation there is, they almost never seem to actually hit what we feel uh, agile is like trying to do.
1: Yeah, I we might have to bleed this one over into a, a subsequent video, but I, I'll yeah, talk we can go in deeper briefly. into it. There you because, go. Uh, yeah, I have a meeting in like five ten minutes that I have to go do.
0: But just try screaming to get the ideas out faster.
1: <laughs> for real, it, I, I had never seen a company do agile or scrum correctly. Like they have like they have the backlog, they have the sprints, they pull it in, blah blah blah. But like they just the vision just always seemed off to me. Any company that I was at, right, HashiCorp or anything else, that, I just the, the vision never seemed there. Like. Leadership has this vision that's supposed to trickle down into the organization, right? And make its way down. But then, by the time it gets to the boots on the ground, right? Us, the engineers, it's like kind of lost, and like it's never like I don't know. I I I think I think of like this vision or agile is like a like a sandcastle on the beach. You make it, it's beautiful, but then the waves start coming, right? They start eroding it, and you have to keep maintaining it, right? You have to keep putting the bucket on, reforming the castle, blah blah blah. I see vision like that. You ha- if you don't keep it up. People forget about it. It erodes away, and then that that the code starts eroding away, and then the like, the processes start eroding away. And that's what I've seen all these companies is great. You're doing agile. You're doing this stuff. You had the backlog, but where's the vision? You know, and and that that's kind of been my problem. And that coupled with everyone being out of sync with one another, product thinks about things one way, <laughs> management thinks about things another way, engineering thinks about things another way, right? And we're all supposed GPL. to be on the same team, but like right. your idea of the feature is one thing, your idea of the feature is another thing, your idea of the feature is another thing, and it's just like, what are we building? Right? Like, <laughs>
0: what were we? I building agree then? that the the sandcastle idea is a it's a pretty good metaphor. I think most, really, at most businesses, even sometimes very engineering focused ones like HashiCorp, that I think try to get um, like kind of business leaders in at the sort of higher engineering management layers that really know what they're doing come from an engineering background that sandcastle often is more like a grainy picture of like a lump in the distance at the shoreline and that's what everyone's sort do of a like castle
1: with a moat sir That yeah. is yeah that is a lump of sand
0: <laughs> and that's like right but like the team has to kind of like look at it and be like okay like if okay it's all a sandcastle yeah <laughs> so we probably should build what i think of as a sandcastle and then everyone's like yeah and they're like and this is another thing that like the more seniors you have on your team the more this like emperor can go around naked you know where you're like yeah we know what we're doing right like yeah we'll build a, yeah we'll build a thing and then we'll do the other and it's like yeah we should, should have like this you know to make sure it's like pretty reliable and everyone's like yeah let's just like build a structure and yep. that's building again like, sir that, i asked the you there. to build it's a like,
1: circle and you gave me a square yeah. but it's a shape right <laughs> like yeah.
0: yeah we're talking about shapes shape this shape that why are you even so upset about the shape um
1: it's so yeah. true though it's so true we're...
0: It, but thinking of the vision as a process is a pretty interesting idea. Um, yeah, agreed. It's, uh, it's interesting because coming from like more operational teams, like I have, um, the priorities, there's a, there's unspoken rule, like, like every ops team now, right? Like if you're an SRE, it like operates under this like fake assumption that like we can do agile, just like every sprint is going to have tickets added to it because like we also have to run the system and that's something we never plan for. Yep. (laughs) So it's like, uh, like, well, we're ticketing. So we might as well, it's like rule one of like, like uh, you know, like scrum is like sprints are fixed. Like you, you do, you schedule the work you're going to do and you do that, but it's like that really only works for constructing often like greenfield software uh, cleanly.
1: And Interrupted work never flows with that.
0: That's yeah. the problem. But like, that's like you know, a reality. Like you yeah. do have to adjust it for that. That's, yep. And um,
1: in an in infrastructure role, especially when the machine's out of disk space or yeah. a production issue happened, your sprint <laughs> like doesn't we, matter we anymore. We stop building yeah.
0: features. Like yeah, that's your the sprint moment we is, stop. <laughs>
1: is just a, it's just a, a hopeful. Like, it's just a hope yeah. at that point. And that's what I've seen happen to uh, on, on the team I'm on now is that we have some of these interrupt driven work come through and it renders our sprint kind of useless. And like we we try to have this agile sprint methodology and like I think our our biggest struggle right now like here is our backlog isn't clearly defined and groomed. Mm-hmm. So like there are times where engineers finish work ahead of time and they're like what do I pick up next? And mm-hmm. since the backlog is not groomed, it's not yeah. clear what to pick up next. And then now you have an engineer is just kind of like like waiting, winging it from yeah, 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 they moved from runnable to, to or, or they moved from executing uh, to uh, ready. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: like they, they moved over and it's just wasted cycles. And it's just like sad to see. But what am I, as an engineer, supposed to do about that? Right. I'm not responsible for like grooming the backlog or whatever. That's product and management. And like all of, I guess what what I've seen is that the core problem is that management, product, and engineering weren't always in the same room talking and aligned. And then yeah. that caused all these other problems. So that's kind of my my big thing about Agile. But I think it could be done well for teams that have clearly defined goals and minimum interrupt-driven work. But teams that have a lot of interrupt-driven work, I don't know if Agile is the place for you. Right? Maybe just a well-groomed backlog that you pick off of yeah. one at a time. And, and, exactly. And not really a sprint-based thing, but more of like a round-robin-y thing, right? Like. Dave, you're done with ticket X. Great, go to ticket Y. Right off the backlog.
0: And Matt, yeah. oh, you're done. You're still or on ticket B. Cover like emergencies you're... for the rest of the day while everyone exactly. else gets their project work done. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, you got a roll. Um, let's do this again uh, soon. And for all the viewers who uh, have questions, comments, or other topics they want to see us hit, please leave those in the comments below. Uh, we yes. will have more of these conversations. Um,
1: Oh yeah, no I we're going to talk just about like a lot of things though. We'll we'll dive more into the agile stuff too because we have a lot more okay. to say about it and I also want to talk about like salary reviews and stuff like that. Oh, we
0: didn't even talking. hit that. Yes. Yeah, I know. But Let's we'll, talk. Let's talk about we'll, tech
1: salaries. Yes. I want to talk about that, the promotion, the tech salary, all of that crap. I want to talk about that. Um yeah. so we'll schedule again and and we have more things to do. But yeah, anyone who's listening and watching this and whatever like just know like two things. One, we're not here to talk shit or be spicy or whatever. We're here to just be real, right? We want you to- I'm here, to, I'm here like... to be spicy, Matthew. Yeah, I don't know about you, but... There's always going to be a little spice when you're when you're being honest. <laughs> but like, we're here to show you the reality, right? To to, to communicate yeah. the reality to you and not give you this like fluffed up, like overly edited video of like, oh my God, here's the best parts and none of the bad. Here's my Instagram photo, even though I took 700 of them that you didn't see. Like, just show you what it's like to be in the room. Um, And, you know, as Dave said, like, tell us what you want to hear about we have between Dave and I, we have a like vast like knowledge, right? Like we, we have systems level knowledge, software, management, all of this level knowledge that we have. Talk to us. What do you, what is something you struggle with at work or something that you've been thinking about or how do like problems that you have, maybe trying to break into the field. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll help you.
0: Love it. Well, I I'll pitch this a, a little earlier next time. Sorry. But, um, the, uh, uh, the thing I wanted to point out is that you've made some really good videos um on some kind of like, it's funny because they're not even like the deepest of deep dives, but they're compared to anything else on YouTube. They're like deep dives into yeah. interesting tech topics. Um So I, I'm going to link your channel below and okay. I encourage people to check that out. Um,
1: yeah. I suck yeah. at video editing. So I just kind of record live and throw it up there. So, you know, it's eventually a feature, I should it's a feature probably... not a bug dude. <laughs> I should it's probably figure out how to edit or something, but I have things to say and things to cover. I just don't always have time to clean it up. So. I thought
0: the video was the one that I watched was, it was like pretty focused actually and oh, kept you. me engaged the whole time. I've been so. trying to get better,
1: you know, a little not really a script, but little notes and stuff. And that's the way, yeah. The track. Nice. So we're getting there. Cool. But yeah. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Let's schedule it again. See you soon. Um, you know, and, and, and we'll keep chatting. We have so many things to cover, so much to talk about.
0: <laughs> so. You wouldn't know it, but we actually do this like every week, but we yeah. still have this much to talk about. So well, that, that's, yeah, that's the
1: thing. Like Dave and I have been meeting weekly for months now. I don't even know. Very long time now. And time. we tend to talk about all these cool topics and we're like, you know what? We should just record what we talk about and post it because there's some really good stuff that comes up here. And this is that. So you're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're Mara. welcome. <laughs> now you can, now you can contribute and be part of it. So yes, yeah, exactly. Cool.
1: But, See you awesome, man. Thanks Thank for you, doing man. this, man. Appreciate I will see you. Uh, I'll see you soon.
0: Later.